Amen. Amen. I don't know if you can see my head or not, but if I'm if I am a participant out in a congregation and there's something distracting on the speaker, then I'm like thinking about that the whole time. Okay, that, I'm, I'm an ADHD listener. All right, so if things are going on and I'm like, oh, I'm losing thought train of thought because um, the speaker has a huge bandaid on their head. All right, I don't know if you can see that or not, but I'm in the lights and I don't know if you can see my bandaid, but um, I had surgery on a little spot on my head this this past week and. And actually get the stitches out Tuesday, and it was benign, non-cancerous, so thank the Lord. Um, so, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to let you know, let you know, the reason why I have a Band-Aid on my head is I didn't get hit or in a fight, okay? Um, I had surgery on, um, on my head right here, and, um, you know, having kids and dogs or whatever, you just, you don't know, you, 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 injuries happen, but this was surgery on this past week, so um, I just want to let that out because I didn't want you to be distracted by, by my Band-Aid. Okay, um, I want you to hear the word and not be thinking the whole time. Why does Joy have a bandaid on her head? Because I forget that I've had it because I've had it this whole week, a bandaid on my head. Um, so there you go. It's out. So now you can pay attention to the word, right? All right, good. All right, so we got a word this morning. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants you to know him like nobody else that you ever have known. And he wants you to know him so deep. Like that song we were just singing, like he wants you to, to want him more than anything else in your life. He wants you to know him. And uh, Pastor Jason came to the, to the fellowship we had after service last week and everybody was asking him about mustard. And he was like, what's the deal with mustard? Well, if you want to know the deal about mustard, you need to go back and listen to the word last week. I'm not going to tell you. you got to go on YouTube or Facebook, and you can listen to uh, part one of the message and hear what the story about mustard was. But you got to know Jesus. you got to know him, and he wants you to know him. And so, um, matter of fact, let me show you what Jesus prayed for you. When he was in, um, when he was about to be arrested and go to the cross, Jesus, at his final moments, did the most important thing that we can do as Christians, and that is he prayed. And you know what? He didn't. He had stopped praying for himself after he he realized. You know, he said, "Father, take this cup away from me." But if not, I it is your will, not mine. He prayed that for himself, and then he started praying for you. And he started praying for me. And he started praying for the disciples. And he started praying for the church. Jesus spent his last moments praying for you. And this is what he said in John 17, 3. He says this, and this is eternal life. He's praying for us that we will have eternal life. And then in his prayer, he he explains what it is. Now, this is eternal life. And he's talking about you, that, that you know him. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. He was praying that we would know him. His last moments on on the earth, he was praying that we would know him. So Jesus wants you to know him. And then Paul tells the church in Corinth, and this is 1 Corinthians 2.2, this is Paul, another um, just great, mighty man of God. And this is his, this is his uh, declaration. He said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Nothing else. Nothing else will do except knowing, that Jesus, knowing who Jesus Christ is and that he is crucified. 
So there's many scriptures where the writers tell us that they know the Lord. And I'm going to give you just a couple. And then we're going to rest down into a psalm that I want to focus in on today. Don't you love the psalms? Man, if you ever need just a, just a good pick-me-up, you know, you ever need to say, God, I just need a word this morning. Just kind of open your Bible up and land in psalm. And I guarantee you, you will get a word, okay? Um, but here's, here's just a couple of people who said that they know the Lord. And um, this is how God wants us to know him. So they know the Lord because they've experienced his character and his person. Okay? So Job says this. And I would say that Job would probably be, if anybody would say, I know the Lord, that Job would be able to say this. And at the end of his journey, and if you don't know Job's story, you need to go read the book. He's got a whole book. Okay, it's the book of Job. It's not Job, it's Job. And he's got a whole book, and you need to go read the book of Job. And he goes through the most horrible things. Like his whole family dies. His, he, he gets, I mean, everything is taken from him. He goes through this just life-altering experience, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And then at the end, his friends turn on him, man. They try to get him to turn away from God. I mean, he goes through everything that, we, that a, a, a human could possibly go through. And at the end of Job, this is what he says. He says, I know. I Know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. Is that your declaration today? Like, I know that so I know some of y'all's stories. I know some of the things that you've been through. I know, I know what I've been through. And I want this at the end of my story to be my declaration that I know what I've been through, but I know the one who has taken me through it. And he has sustained me. He is faithful. So this was Job saying, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives this morning. Do you? Amen. Then in Psalms 46.10, this is a famous verse about knowing. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God wants us to just to be still today and to know him, okay? So I'm going to focus in on Psalm 20. So get your Bibles, turn to Psalm 20, and we're going to break it down. Now, some of you guys already already know what is in Psalm 20, but maybe some of you don't, but we're fixing to break this Psalm down, and you guys are going to, by the end of this, I want you to know that God is God, and I want you to know him. All right, so let's go. I'm going to read. It's just nine, it's nine verses. It's not long, but I'm going to read the whole psalm here, and then we're going to break it down. All right, you with me? You with me? Okay. Psalm 1. We're going to read verse 1 through 9. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Are you liking this? 
This is, this is good, right? May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now, this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen? That's not the end, though. They are brought to their knees and fall. Who, who is brought to their knees and fall? The enemy. But we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king and answer us when we call. That's a good, that's a good psalm, isn't it? Um, Brad, can you turn back to um, just do, do verse, the first five, five verses of, of Psalm 20, please? All right. I just want to remind you that we have an enemy, right? I think too many churches are preaching that, you know, just, just everything's gravy, good, but there is an enemy, okay? And his name is Satan. And there is hell, okay? There's heaven and there is hell. It's a place. It's real. We're living in a world today that is saying, hey, you know, really, there's, there's not a heaven or hell. I'm sorry, but the Bible says that there is and that there is an enemy. And we have an enemy. And matter, matter of fact, the Bible says he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. He does, he does not want you to succeed. He does not want you to have victory. He does not want you to live in freedom. He does not want you to have abundant life. But can I give you some good news today? Because Jesus is the author of good news. He creates good news. He has made good news. Jesus has come, and he has defeated the enemy. He makes your plans succeed. He gives victory to his anointed. But the enemy wants you to believe that you have been defeated. He is a liar, and he is a deceiver. And so his main job is to make sure that you are, a doubt, that you are doubting and that you do not believe that the enemy has been defeated, that he, is, he, he does not want you to believe that he is under your feet. But the Lord has given us weapons to daily remind the enemy that he has been defeated. And within this short psalm, verse 1 through 9, there is an arsenal of weapons. And I was thinking about that word arsenal, like if we're going, like the United States is the biggest, baddest country in the world, and our army is the most amazing army on the planet, like we have an arsenal of weapons. Well, right here in this psalm, God has given us an arsenal of weapons for the enemy. And I want to show you today how you can use them and what God, how, you want, how he wants you to fight your battles today. All right, so I'm going to give you, let me see, let me double check my points. I've got four, okay? Four points on what to do in the middle of a battle. How many of you are in the middle of a battle right now? Yeah? How many of you have ever been in a battle? Yeah? 
okay? If you didn't raise your hand, then you're lying in church, okay? Yes, I've been in a battle. Yes, I've been in many battles. But guess who won? Jesus has won the battle. The Bible says he is fighting your battles for you just to be still. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you're going through a battle right now, this word is right for you. All right, so here's the first thing. Pray like the Lord is listening because he is. He hears you. Right here on the Psalm 20 verse 1, it says, May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. He hears you. His ears are not closed. He does not take vacation. He is always listening. Okay? 1 Peter 3.12 says this. This is just a confirmation. But it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer." He's paying attention to your prayer. The, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I want his eyes and his ears turned towards me. Okay? Are you righteous today? Well, this is what's, what's happening for you. His eyes and his ears are turned toward you. He hears you. The enemy wants you to believe that God is silent. God, why have you not spoken to me? God, why have you not given me a word? The enemy will put doubt in your ears and then he'll want you to, to look around you and see how everything's going on around you. Well, as people of God, we do not walk by what we see, but we walk by faith. So when your eyes and your ears start turning around to everything that's going on around you, you need to make sure that you're turning to Jesus because he is wanting for us to look towards him and to listen towards him. All right? So first point of how to pray in the middle of the battle is pray like God is listening because he is. And the second part, Brad, can you go back to, yes, man, you were so awesome. It's so good to have Brad and Jen here this morning, is it not? Yeah, so glad you guys are here today. They're our Orlando family, and uh, so, good, so glad you guys are here visiting with us today. Um, so number two is, his name is all we need. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. My feelings get hurt. Or something deep inside of me is wounded if I'm around somebody and they take the name of Jesus in vain. I just want to put that out there. Okay? Because Jesus' name is powerful. And it is all we need. Matter of fact, Proverbs 18.10 says this. The name of the Lord is a fortified, I memorized it like this, a strong tower that the righteous run to it and they are safe. 
All right, so let me give, I'm going to teach for just a second. I've been preaching. I'm going to teach for one second. Can I, can I teach? All right, so the way we understand the word name in English is so different than what is being said right here in Hebrew about the name of the Lord, okay? Hebrew is like a beautiful, deep language. Like, our words are so shallow, okay? But if you took the, took the Bible and actually laid out the Hebrew um, wording of it, it would be just be so long and so beautiful because we, our language is not the same. It does not communicate what, um, what the Lord is trying to say here. So in English, a name is something someone is known by. There's Melissa, right? If I point and say, there's Melissa, you know her name is? Melissa, right? There's Shannon, okay? We know it identifies, a name identifies somebody, okay? But here, um, in Hebrew, right here where it's talking about the name of the Lord, it communicates the character of someone. So whatever it was in the Lord that would make these people think that he would defend the king, that's what they were calling on to defend the king. So when we say the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run to and are safe, we're saying that the faithfulness of God I'm running to. Or we're saying what we run to When we run to the name of the Lord, we are running to who he is. Jehovah Jireh is the name of the Lord. And that means he's my provider. So I'm running when I am in need, whether it's financial or whatever need I have, and I run to the name of the Lord. I'm running to him saying, I am running to you, Jehovah Jireh, knowing that you are going to provide and your name is enough. He is also Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. So whenever I am sick or whenever I need a healing from the Lord, the righteous run to him and they say, Jesus, you are my healer. And we are healed. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. See, Jesus, God has all these names because he is everything we need. His name was so big that when he was telling Moses who he is, he said, I'm just, I am. I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your voice. I am everything you need. He is my shelter. He is my victory. He's my protection, my hope, my freedom. His name is the name that is above all names. So let's run to him when we are in trouble. Okay, so his name is all we need. All right, let's go back to the Psalms. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. Even back in the Old Testament, he was pointing towards the church. And he said, you need help? You need support. You need the body of Christ. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. 
There's good habits and there's bad habits. And not meeting together as the body of Christ is a bad habit. But you guys have got a good habit this morning. You are meeting together with the body of Christ. Because here together, hearing the word preached, we're encouraged. And not just by ourselves. Like me and Miss Shannon right now are encouraging each other. Like when we were during worship and we were praising together, we were encouraging each other. And we were spurring each other on. We need the body of Christ. We need the church. And the church needs us. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Is Jesus coming back? Yes, he is. He is coming back. And we see that day approaching. So we're going to get together even more. And that's why the enemy likes to stop people from coming to church and meeting together with the body of Christ. Because it gives us help and it gives us support. All right. Number four. Let's go back to that psalm. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. Go to the next one, Brad. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. So in the middle of the battle, we need to pray and we need to ask God to give us the desire of our heart and make our plans succeed. And not just any desire, okay? I might desire a big, brand new vehicle. But is that God's desire for me? Or I might desire my kid's college to be paid for. But is that God's desire for my kids? So here, let me tell you a little secret about this verse, okay? When we're seeking the plans and purposes of the Lord, the desires of our hearts are going to change. And they're going to shift to his desires. And when that takes place, then guess what? He's going to make our plans succeed. Because now we're not walking in the plans of joy. We're not walking in the plans of joy and Jason together. We are walking in the plans and purposes of God. And so my desires have changed. If it's not God's will for my kids to go to college, but to immediate go, immediately go and be a missionary in Africa, then he's going to give me the desires of my heart because now my desires have changed. And he's going to, he's going to provide, and he's going to do everything that is within his will and his purpose. So does that help when you pray? That should help when we pray because now it's not about my desires. It's about his desires. And when his desires become my desires, then, man, my plans and purposes are going to succeed. Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I'm pulling a Pastor Jason this morning. But I don't know. This one really might be. But I like a lot of them. I love a lot of them. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know, this is the Lord speaking, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Don't we want that? So in the middle of our battle, let me give you those four points again. I don't know if you're taking notes. But here's kind of what Psalms 20 directs us. 
directs us to pray like the Lord is listening. Know and understand that his name is all we need. That he sends help and support from the sanctuary. That going to church matters. Bringing your children to church matters. It just does. And number four, he gives us the desire of our heart and makes our plan succeed. But remember, that shifts, right? Because we're living for him. And his plans and his desires become my plans and my desires. Oh, I've got a fifth one. Let's see. At the end of this verse, Brad, can you go? The Lord gives victory to the king. Go back up. I'm looking for a specific one. All right, go back up. All right, go to five. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right, so he's made our plan succeed, and then he wants to turn our prayer into praise. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of God. That's in the middle of the battle. That's in the middle of your declarations and your prayer. God is wanting you to shout for joy over your victory. Maybe your victory hadn't come yet. Go ahead and shout for joy. Maybe your, your answer has not come yet. Go ahead and shout for joy and lift up your banner. In what name? The name of our God. And remember, that's just not saying just anybody's name. That is saying the name that is above all names. And then it ends that prayer in, may the Lord grant all your requests. So here we go. Right in the middle of this prayer, David shifts. He shifts the whole psalm. He shifts it with this one verse in Psalm, one word to one, two, three, four words in Psalm 20, 20 verse 6. He says, all right, so he's prayed, right? They're praying for protection on the king in the battle. The prayer has been sent forth. And in the middle of that psalm, it shifts. And the words, now this I know, are right in the middle of that psalm. So when the battle rages around us, against us, against our family, against our country, against our jobs, against whatever you're going through. When, it, when the battle rages and you have done the work of praying in the middle of it, you make this declaration. I know the Lord and I know his character. And here are the declarations we can make about the Lord. Now this I know that I have victory. Do you know that? Do you know that about the Lord? Because can I tell you that he has already won the victory? So you can stand in declaration to the enemy. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. You can also say, now this I know. I trust 
in the Lord. All right, switching to a little bit of teaching right here. More than likely, when this psalm was taking place, uh, this was being referred, this was probably a Syrian army that was coming against the Israelites. And so it was like right here where they say some trust in chariots and some in horses. It was like the psalmist was saying, hey, you guys on the horses. Hey, you guys on the chariots. Is that all you got? Bring it on. Because you know what I trust in? I trust in the name of the Lord, my God. It's almost like David got a little something down inside of him when he killed Goliath. And it was like, Nothing's too big. Nothing is too big for my God. Nothing. Not a nine-foot giant. Not an employer or a king or my authority who hates me. Not too big for God. Not the Syrian army. Not the guys on horses. Not the guys on chariots. Is that all you got? Because we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Makes me want to sing. Jason said, are you going to sing the song? I was like, I don't know the song. And so he sung the song to me, and I was like, I don't know that song. And, you know, if he was here, he'd be singing that song, right? We trust in the name of the Lord our God, right? Is that it? Yeah, okay. We do. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. It can also mean the name of the Lord our God that we trust could be defined as this, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will remember what he's done. Has he ever been faithful to you? Ever? Has he ever been faithful to you? Ever? I'm going to remember that. I'm going to make mention of the Lord our God. I'm going to celebrate the name of the Lord our God. And here's another, now this I know. Now this I know. The enemy is defeated. He's defeated. He is under my feet. He's defeated. Not by anything I've done, but by everything Jesus did on the cross, he is defeated. I want to read you Psalm 20, verse 8. And this is talking about the enemy. Okay, but it says they are, this is talking about the enemy, but specifically about those that are on the chariots and the horses. It says right here, they are brought to their knees and fall. Here's what that means, okay? I've got a Hebrew word for it. I'm going to butcher it when I pronounce it, but this is really cool, okay? They are brought down. In Hebrew, sheragnu. Sheregnu. It means they bowed down as being unable to stand any longer because of their mortal wounds. That's what Jesus has done to the enemy. And how dare he bring back up anything that would try to defeat me? Fear has been brought down to its knees. And has been wounded mortally. Anxiety has been brought down to its knees and been wounded mortally. That means it's been wounded so bad it's dead, right? 
hauling it in that, like, I don't have the medical terms for it, but wouldn't that be what it means? Yeah, dead. Fears, anxiety, dead. Depression has been brought down to its knees and mortally wounded by who? My Savior and my King, Jesus Christ. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots. Is that all you got, enemy? Because we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And here's the last, now this I know. Now this I know, that I will rise up and stand firm. Because I know Jesus, and I know what he's done for me. And I remember, and I'm going to make mention of his name, and I'm going to celebrate what he's done And when I trust in the name of the Lord my God, I can rise up and stand firm. And then just ends that whole psalm with, Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. He started off with, may the Lord answer us. And right here, he's ending ending it with, Just a declaration with an exclamation point. Answer us when we call. And he does. He answers you. So this morning, fear, doubt, anxiety, depression, whatever enemy has tried to come against you today, the Lord is wanting to declare victory over you. And remind you that he listens and he hears and he brings the victory. Some of you might be sitting there thinking, I do not feel victorious. Well, you're in the middle of a battle and we don't walk by our feelings, do we? We walk by faith. And faith says you are victorious no matter what it looks like, no matter what your body feels like, you are victorious. So today the Lord's wanting to encourage you and strengthen you. So I want to pray for you this morning. Let's pray. Father, your word does the work. And I just ask you to allow me to just communicate it. And so, Lord, I hope I've done what you wanted me to do and communicated your word today because it's your word that does the work. And so this morning, if anyone has had their ears open and their eyes open this morning to hear what you have had to say to them, then you speak. And Holy Spirit, you speak right now. Lord, as I was preparing for this message in T, if you could just play some music in the background, that would be great. As I was praying and I was getting ready for this message, you just gave me a picture of somebody who was in a battle. And maybe it was a battle right now, or maybe it was a battle yesterday and they're still worn out from it, or maybe it was a battle last year that they just didn't expect and they didn't... um, It just was so disappointing to them, the battle that they went through, Lord. 
And you showed me today that you were going to bring courage and energy and strength and victory to them. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you that you are here. And I'm just going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are going through a battle today, will you raise your hand? I see those hands. I see those hands all over the room. I see those hands. God sees those hands. He is wanting you today to be encouraged. To be still and to know, to know, to know that he is God. And maybe this morning you have gone through so many battles that you are on the verge of giving up. And this morning, the Lord wants to touch you. You're on the verge of giving up. And you want to say, I don't want to give up. Would you raise your hand? I see those hands. I see those hands. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit knew you were going to be here today. And he wants to minister to you. And maybe you are here today and you say, I just want to put my trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. I just want to trust in him. I've never put my trust in him, and I want to do that today. If that is you, will you raise your hand? I see those hands. I see those hands, and God sees those hands. And he wants you to know that he loves you with an everlasting love. And you are not a disappointment to him. And that he is trustworthy. So this morning, Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And you saw, you see every heart that is here. And you see every need that is here. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you are moving. And you are speaking. And you are ministering. And this morning, Lord, We thank you for the work that you are doing. And I want to lead you this morning for those who are online and here and live in person. If you would like to just put your hope and trust in Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then anyone who wants to call on the name of the Lord this morning and wants to come up front and just get prayer today, I'm going to give you that opportunity. But let's pray together first. If you'll just repeat after me, say, Jesus, I put my hope and my trust in you. I look around and I see the horses and I see the chariots 
But I don't put my trust in that. I put my trust in you. Jesus, come live in my heart. Give me courage today. Give me strength today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. If you would like prayer and you just are in the middle of a battle today, God wants to touch you today. If you would like for um, any kind of prayer this morning, if you'll just come up and we'll pray for you. I'm just going to give you the opportunity today to just respond to what the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you today. That is you. If you just want to make your way forward.